right, guys, good to see you all this morning. Uh, hey, I want to uh, give you a, a quick update. I think I know everybody here so far, so I want to give you a quick update on uh, Loma Vista campus, man. If you didn't see online, dude, uh, it's the Friday night, and we are the uh, the sending church for our uh, Loma Vista campus, and uh, we've been uh, been been asked to be that that church, and so you're going to see lots of folks coming from Raytown visiting with us and that kind of thing over the next several months, and uh, we're going to be giving generously to that church as has been given generously to us to start what God has done here and do what uh, do what He's done here there in Raytown area, and I tell you what, we had our just our first glimpse of that on on Friday night. And, uh, man, how cool it was that it was just a simple, uh, hey, no advertising, no big push, no big anything like that. And the guys that, uh, you know, Tim and Megan and Price and Erica and Ryan and Nia, uh, the pastors that are out there, uh, have just some of their contacts, just some of the, hey, that we're just having a few people. And over 70 people showed up for, uh, we were all like, hi, dude, I was... I was bawling my eyes out, man. I ain't going to lie, man. I was like, you've got to be kidding. Because, you know, you just pour into these guys and love on these guys and that kind of thing. And I know a lot of you guys are, uh, you know, praying about whether or not to be missionaries there for, you know, uh, three months, six months, a year, whatnot. And, uh, man, I just I just love that. And, we, you know, we just love the love the, the, the team that's going out that way. And, you know, we're loving on the folks that they're bringing in here. And just as it's an amazing thing. And so, so to see... God doing His thing. That's just been our been our our vision since the very beginning. That we are a church that uh, makes disciples who make disciples who makes disciples. Obviously, but we're also a church that plants churches who plants churches who plant churches. All right, and so we we sit and we plant pregnant, uh, ready to launch the next church. So it's kind of weird, but but you know it's like, hey, we just started here. We're only four years old, not not even four years old yet, and and it's like, yeah, I know, but uh, but but God never said, I know, uh, you know, we want to sit. And do your own thing in one location and that kind of thing. He says, I mean, you look at the New Testament church. They went from place to place to place planting churches. Paul was even saying, hey, I'm coming to your church. You're going to give me some money and I'm going to go give it to these other guys, right? That's how we roll, right? I just love that. So it's kind of a, kind of a, kind of a cool thing. And in that, what God has shown us in his, in his church planting, all that kind of different things, man. Like he's shown us just great love and he's shown us how to share that love with other people right because the greatest of all of the commandments according to jesus himself is to love god with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself and so as we plant new churches and start new things like that man it is a is an incredible thing there's something about a new church that starts that awakens the holy spirit in the in the lives of a lot of people i don't know what it is but but you know when you when you look at the baptisms you look at it it generally will happen new conversions new people find, finding the lord happens statistically anyway a lot more when a new church is started and uh man i just love that i love that it's a it's a it's it's just going to be something and we're a part of that and so as we give as we serve as we pray as we you're you have a part in the lives of people that you may never know but i encourage you to go on facebook look at the our, our edgerton facebook page and just look at what has been posted and I want you to look into the eyes of some of the people there and just look at some of the, the folks that are in those pictures, man, and start praying over people you don't even know yet. And, uh, man, I just wanted, want us to be thinking, because, man, I guarantee you there's been a lot of people praying for us you've never met, right? And we're going to do the same thing, amen? And it's how we show love. It's how we just, just do, do those kinds of things, and I love that. 
that we're a church who does those kinds of things. It's not about us here. Because as soon as we turn inward, man, we start dying, right? And when we start turning outward, because all of a sudden, all the, you know, people are like, well, what about our needs? What about this and that? And I get that, but, but God, if we trust God as the provider, right, he's going to provide all that stuff as we go and reach people on his behalf and, and introduce his sheep to the great shepherd, right? That's all we do, and I just love that. So we're going to do that here. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we do door-to-door. It's one of the reasons why we do um, you know, uh, firesides on Wednesday nights. It's one of the reasons why we do our, our diving deeper series on, on Wednesday nights as well. And it's why we sit together around a, around a, a dinner table with one, with a few of us and one another and just loving on the Lord, experiencing what it's going to like, like really having a glimpse of what it's going to be like a little bit more, more in heaven. And so we've got to be cautious too. like, how do we, um, man, recognize when we're getting a little bit um, off. I mean, it's important to see some warning signs, right? And um, what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 13, a lot of people uh, use 1 Corinthians 13 as, their, as, a, as a wedding uh, verse, right? Because it's all about love and everything like that. Well, Paul is in the middle of a very strong letter to a church that's pretty jacked up, right? And so it's kind of interesting that people use that when he's like, he's like pounding this thing about love into somebody. Like if you want to see, get a glimpse of the state of, and I'm not trashing the American church, but, I, but the, some of the issues that we struggle with in the American church, read 1 Corinthians, read the history of some of the stuff that they're allowing in and read it through that lens as Paul is writing uh, to the church at Corinth. So the reason this is called the gong show Nice. Thank you, Case Man. He got the sound effects today, baby. DJ Master C up there, right? Reason's called the Gong Show is because. Okay. Oh, and by the way, uh, speaking of which, we uh, we are getting this fixed this week. We don't. We're still trying to figure. Out. There's like all kinds of wires, and there's a disconnection somewhere. So I'm going to give you some instructions of how to deal with this. Okay. So when you're in the audience, what I want you to do? I want you to go like this. I want you to go. Okay, so that's all. So it's it's weird, I know, but um, but just kind of be everything. And we should have put all the chairs on this side. No, I'm kidding. But um, so we're getting that. We're we're figuring that out. But First um, Corinthians thirteen one. This is Paul writing to a, uh, a church in Corinth. Uh, Paul wrote to a lot of churches. You know, a lot of churches. Uh, he wrote to some churches that he was really to. Hey, man, you guys got to get your stuff together. Um, and some churches, he was saying, "Man, I'm really encouraged by you." So here's some things like in, like in Ephesus, like the church in a, in a, that he wrote to uh, in Ephesus, called the the book we know as Ephesians. He was very encouraged by those guys in a lot of ways. In Corinth, he was saying, uh, "Guys, you are messed up." But here's the answer, right? And here's what he says in First Corinthians thirteen one: If I speak human or angelic languages, but do not have love, I am a sounding gong. And a clanging symbol. And so for us, I want us to, when we start thinking about the, the, this, the, this sounding gong and a clanging symbol, ultimately this is, this is a sounding gong and a clanging symbol, symbol to God. It just doesn't, like it, there's no rhythm. There's no, you ever heard somebody who's off beat and off, off like, uh, like just not getting, not, no, Daniel was not this morning, right? But, you know, like there have been a couple of times where you guys have had to stop, wait, 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 wait. We got off beat, right? It's just, like it's odd right and i love that i think it's funny man but it's but it's odd when that happens right it doesn't sound right well that's what it sounds like to god when we're not loving him the way we're supposed to love him and and we're not loving our our neighbor as ourselves. 
And one of the things that, 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 that it doesn't horrify me because I don't, I, live, I give it all to God, but I, you don't lose sleep over finances. I don't lose sleep over whether or not the building is in good shape. Um, I do want to thank, though, by the way, Clay Longenecker and uh, Noel Forrester and some other folks that have, have put dirt all the way around the building. That's a lot of dirt down there. All the rain we had last year that flooded the, bit, the basement didn't do that. So I just love that. You guys just did it. It just showed up, and there's dirt all over the place. No, absolutely dries a bone downstairs with all the rain we've had in the last week or two. So, man, thank you guys for that. But, man, I don't worry about that kind of stuff, right? I don't worry about uh, any of those kinds of things. You know, we're, we, I don't worry uh, whether or not we're, you know, we're going to be able to get the, the game on at Loma Vista at 7 o'clock tonight, right? We got the Chiefs going on at Loma. We're still, on? We're still doing that, right? Okay, just making sure. So I don't want to say something, oh, wait, wait, we changed. Um, but, yeah, if anybody wants to come out and see the facility, see all the work that needs to be done and stuff, and see what God is doing there, man, just kind of this cool thing. But we've got that going. I don't worry about that kind of stuff. I don't worry about, you know, all the different things that a lot of people tend to worry about. I don't worry about whether or not we got enough volunteers. I don't worry about whether those kinds of things happen. But what I what I will pause about and what I will ever lose sleep if I, if I do lose sleep of anything is over the the what happened to the church in Ephesus that Paul was so encouraged by and in Revelation Jesus uh, addressed a few things with them right and here's what he said in Revelation 2 uh, starting in verse 1 he says write to the angel of the church in Ephesus now I find that interesting and in, in, in odd in a way that I never thought before uh, and I'd heard this before but when I was reading it this week I thought Hey, we have an angel in our ch- like over our church. You ever thought about that? Like that's incredible. Like he said to the angel of the church in Ephesus. I had never thought about it like that. So this is something we've got to be be thinking about. There may be, and I'm not trying to a- overanalyze anything, but but there may be a ch- an angel that is over our church. Like when we start talking about the Holy Spirit moving and things like that, this is an incredible thing to me. I've never thought about that. There may be an angel who on our behalf is kind of kind of like our, our I don't know if our, our intermediary or anything like that, but he is saying, write this to that angel, right? I never thought, like, that's incredible to me. Listen to what he says. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven gold lampstands says, I know your works. And this is to the church in Ephesus. I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. This is good, right? You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. You have found them to be liars. You also possess the endurance and have tolerated many things because of my name and have not grown weary. Guys, this is awesome. And God is and Jesus himself is saying that's a good thing. You haven't grown tired. You've kept you've kept the vision that I've laid in your hearts to do the things and to discern uh, false teachings and all that kind of stuff and I love that. But but did I say but? But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Man, remember then how far you have fallen. Because good works are great, right? Being able to discern and be Berean in your uh, discernment of the word and whether or not it's true and those kinds of things and, and, and like the teaching and those, all that kind of stuff. If you hear different things from teachings, you look at the word and you go, oh, no, that doesn't, that doesn't add up. Or, oh, man, yeah, that, that concurs with what 
God does. Here's how we know whether the Holy Spirit is, is working among us or not. Do we have unity or do we have division? Right? Because if we are, in essence, abiding on our own individually and collectively as a body of believers, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you something opposite of you. He's not going to tell you something that disagrees with the Word. And so it's important for us to be in the Word. It's important for us to be abiding in the Spirit. Absolutely. That's how we know. And this is what, like when you start looking at this, this is what he's talking about. The greatest of the commandments are to love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. And here's Jesus saying you lost that. You got so involved in doing ministry, so involved in doing stuff, so involved in picking apart whether or not something was true, so involved in studying the Word so deeply that you gained all this knowledge, but you lost your love, right? This is something we have to like, make sure, that because we were talking this morning about how like, people are coming to this church because of the love that we have for God and for one another, right? If we lose that, as it was lost in Ephesus, we might as well just pack up and go home. It's that important. Amen? It's that important, that critical, that, that, that crucial that we are loving God with everything we have and loving our neighbor, each other as our, ourselves. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first, right? He's not saying works are bad. He's just saying do those things for the right reason, in the love of God, right? Hallelujah. This is where we've got to say, hey, I've got to remember what love doesn't look like because if I ever get off, I'm going to hear in my mind, in my heart, this sound. <laughs> we didn't practice this at all, so. There you go, right on, right? So, See how awkward that was, the silence? I love this church, man. I love this church. Remember, repent, and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet you do have this. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which were a group of people that were just doing some, some extreme heresy, which I also hate. See, that's interesting. I thought Jesus never hated anything. No, actually, there's some pretty good hate for folks that don't do what he said. This is an amazing thing, right? Jesus even said, and oh, by the way, you look up the Greek word for hate, you know what it means? Hate. <laughs> it's translated as hate. Like there are some things that Jesus hates, and it is the practices and the, it's the things that God hates, right? Is that, you ever, like this is kind of a weird, like people are like, oh, I didn't know God could do, yeah, actually, God, I thought God was love. Yeah, but the opposite of love is fear, not, not, not hate. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline, according to Timothy. Do you see what I, right? you ever heard that, right? Like fear is the opposite of love, not, not hate. Hate is, a, is something that is appropriate, if, as long as it's not done in a sinful way. As long as we're not hating people. And we're not, but if we hate the things that God hates, that's a good thing. Amen? Is that hard to hear? I know, it's, I, know it's not, I know it's not an easy thing for us to, to be thinking of, but we got to be thinking of how does God align himself? Because this is what Jesus said. You hate those things, and so do I. Therefore, we're in agreement. I want to be in agreement with Jesus, not other people who I don't want to offend. See what I mean? I, I guess it's, 
Now, I'm not saying we need to go out and intentionally try to offend people and intentionally try to make them mad just for the sake of the gospel because we're not in the world or we're not of the world. We're just in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we got to be odd for God. I'm not saying we got to be contrary to everybody just because they don't believe like us and that kind of thing. But, but we've got to align ourselves, our worldview with God. And we've got to love him more than we love the approval of men. Amen? Man, it's love it. Love it. It's so powerful. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. I will give the victor the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in God's paradise. And so I want to help us understand because this, what's crazy about the church in Ephesus is that here's Jesus writing this to them, and they disappeared anyway. They don't exist anymore. And this is a church that Paul was very encouraged by. This is a church that Paul wrote to, to, to the, in, the, in, the book, in the book of Ephesians. Man, I'm like, like, how did that happen? Guys, if it happened to them, it could happen to any of us, right? Amen? Like, I'm not trying to beat us up or make us feel bad. I want us to be encouraged because we have such great love for one another. We have such great love for God. But never take that for granted, right? Like, we've got to say, hey, this, this, we've got to look at this. Like, how does God look at this? And what are the warning signs in my life, in the church, that make us go, wow. Next week, I'm going to talk about how important it is and why it's so crucial in our discipleship. But let me read that, knowing that and understanding that, 1 Corinthians 13, in context of all those kinds of things. We'll go through the whole chapter because I love this because it's such a misunderstood chapter because people look at it and go, man, but this is a... This chapter is the key to turning our lives around in so many ways, turning the lives of people at Loma Vista around in so many ways, turning the lives of people here in our church, in our, our church collectively as a, as, a, as a body of believers, like offering ourselves in unity to sacrifice to the Lord, right? Listen to what he says. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak... In human or angelic languages, I just read this a second ago, but do not have love. I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That's so awesome. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Wow. Why, 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 why do people do this at weddings? I know it's just like, it's great. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying it, it, it gets, it's a challenge, right, to do it God's way, right? And if I donate all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body in order to boast, but do not have love, love I gain nothing. Wow. That's a lot of work for no no return. That's a bad investment, right? If we do anything for the wrong reasons, guys, might as well just pack up and go home. Seriously, this is the this is the challenge to us, is it not? And that's why I love this church. And I, you're like, well, if if we got so much love going on in the church, why are you challenging us? Because we always want to be on guard, right? We want to want to guard our hearts to this kind of stuff. Because, man, here's what happens, and you guys will experience this in Loma. And we're experiencing it here in, in, in Edgerton and 
or experiencing it in Shawnee and experiencing it in different. I mean, as the Lord moves, as we are stepping into obedience, as we are making sacrificial, generous uh, donations to uh, to the kingdom of God, right? As we are doing different things for the right reasons, with the right heart, that awakens the enemy and he starts attacking. And you will see it. This is the warning. We had this conversation just this past week. Jim, if you don't mind me saying it, if you just tell me I will, I'm cool. You're cool. We had a conversation just this week, you know, about all the different things that are going on, the attacks that are coming, right? Family and that kind of thing. As you guys are launching Loma Vista and stepping into some Holy Spirit-led, man, kingdom, like, impactful stuff, like the enemy starts getting awake, and he happens to, to love to disrupt the church and his people. Because he may not be able to take your soul away from God. He may not be able to unsave you. There's a lot of different things about, you know, different theologies and things like that I won't go into. He may not be able to do any of that kind of thing. But here's what he can do. He can, he can really hurt your witness. And he can really hurt your unity and the love. And he can really hurt the fact that if, we can, if he can disrupt us as a church, if he can disrupt Loma Vista, if he can disrupt Shawnee, if he can make this weird, competitive, unloving type of a thing between all the different campuses, Merriam, Campi, campuses, I don't know. If he can do that, he can stop our impact. He can stop our effectiveness in him, right? Because who wants to be a part of that? Answer nobody, right? Nobody. And there may be people that God has to reach in another way because the church lost its love. And it became a sounding gong and a clanging symbol. And as I continue to read this, the rest of this chapter, I want you to read it through the lens of, remember what we talked about in James, where we, we want to see what does God want me to do and learn, and, and how do I actually step into obedience? And we'll talk about that next week, why that's so important. But, but, but how, do we, how do we look at this, like, like not in an emotional, like, yay, this feels good, yay, this is awesome, but, but to, to let God challenge my mind and my heart as we read this. Because in verse 4 it says, love is patient. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to read that and ask yourself, am I patient? And if I'm not, am I struggling with love, right? So many people are afraid of change and afraid of things and all this kind of stuff. And yet, and they're impatient with different things. And yet it's not really a patience issue, it's a love issue, right? See how that's just, just, when we've got it, we've got it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Am I, am I kind? Love does not envy. In my heart of hearts, if, am I envious of somebody, right? Am I envious of somebody because they got recognized or promoted at work? Am I envious of somebody because they, they got recognized or promoted in the church? Am I envious of somebody because they got a new car? Am I envious of somebody? My heart hearts, is it, is it me? Right? Amen? 
Oh, I know this is hard. I know this is hard, man. But love doesn't envy. Love is not boastful. It is not conceited. It doesn't say, look at me. It does not act improperly. It is not selfish. It is not provoked. And does not keep a record of wrongs. Some people walk into this church with so many hurt things from other churches and things like that. And I'm not saying, guys, I'm not saying those things should have happened. I'm not excusing anything like that. But we have to put away the, the hurt that some person put on us. That is not God. That's another person who's as fallen and natural as you are and me and I am. Who is as jacked up and messed up. Amen. But love keeps no records of wrongs, so we just keep moving. Yeah, I know what happened. I've struggled with it too. I know what happened, but God's got something for me to do. I've got bigger fish to fry. Right? It's amazing. When we mature, when we're a little kid, things seem like, oh, Billy, you looked at me funny, right? Or whatever. And like, like when we're grown up, that ain't no big deal. So, why was I so afraid of all that? Right? Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes the best about people in all things. Doesn't assume, uh, well, they, they did this, and I just know what they meant. Right? Well, no, actually, love believes the best about people. And I know, I get, I get jacked over all the time. <laughs> it happens because I, I choose to believe the best about somebody. Somebody said, oh, man, you know, I'm not saying I should, you know, I've got people in my life that help me through with that, but it hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they'll come to an end. These are gifts of the Spirit. They come to an end. We get so focused on what's my gifting, right? What does it mean to be gifted? What does it mean? All that kind of stuff, and it's all going to go away except for love. Woo. For prophecies, they will come to an end. For languages, right? Speaking tongues, maybe, I don't know. What's your gifting? It's important to know, but don't count on it. Being there forever. It will come to an end. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, Jesus himself, the partial, will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face, face, to face for I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is, and all the God's people said, Amen. Love this, man. This isn't a chastising for our church. This is an encouragement for us. And I'm encouraged by our love. I'm encouraged by what people see. I'm encouraged by the fact that the folks like Tim, like Megan, like Price, walked into this place and said, I'm home instantly, right? Like it was crazy. You guys put in, you guys were on staff at another church and said, God's called me here. I've, 
Put your two-week notice in that day. What a crazy stuff, right? Like, this is nuts. I love that. And I want you to, as a church, as a church body, I want us to be constantly aware that we could lose that really quick. Our natural desires, our selfishness that just comes naturally, our focus on ourselves versus focusing on others, our stinginess, right? Our nature that, that, that is not of God, that is of our flesh could pull us away really quick. And I'd like to say that it doesn't scare me, but, but sometimes I, I'm going to be honest, I have to repent of that, that sin of, of being afraid of that and continue to remember that God is completely in control. He owns every one of you fully, right? And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do two things. We're going to take communion. And Paul also wrote to the Corinthians to not do this in an unworthy manner. I want you to, want you to be thinking and asking God, truly asking God, like what is it, Lord, that where am I falling short in this area? I've had to do that a bunch this week, right? Where am I falling short in this? Am I falling short in this? Repent of it, that's what he said. It's not a punishment or a, an identity that you're going to have to deal with. It's a, it's a matter of, of loving God and loving others. Then we'll take communion together. Then we'll offer uh, together. We'll take an offering together. And so what I want to do, I want to pray for both of those. We'll do the communion. We'll do the offering. We'll be dismissed pretty quickly because the preacher ran long again. I'm just still mad about the Georgia Bulldogs. That's all. But Father, we love you. We love what you have done. It is amazing how much you love us. God, may we, may you, may you guard our hearts. May we place you in guard of our hearts. Because our love sometimes gets swallowed up. It can get swallowed up by spiritual activity that the world says is the right thing. But God, you are the one that came and sort of talk about draining the swamp. You did it. And we're in awe of you for that. You made it clear, Lord, how we're supposed to follow you. And it is with the love. May we recognize when we're off kilter and may you get us back on it. And as we take this offering together, Lord, as we take this communion together, Lord, may you honor, may you be honored and glorified with both. As our hearts just pour out, overflow with the love that you've given us. It's in your son's amazing and incredible and beautiful name we pray. Everybody in the house said.